That is six in a row for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only are the Chiefs winning six consecutive games, they have overcome adversity for the second straight week. This was a fun football game to watch. I know the first four during this slate of six wins in a row, I mean, they were fun to watch. Going out there, getting that good beating. Now we're actually seeing real football. What real football is about. And I'm going to make a point on this later because I still see a lot of Chiefs fans pointing out some of the flaws. And I've, I've got to say, and I know I'm giving giving maybe a little too much attention to people who are being too critical while the team is winning and in position to make the playoffs. But this is a football team that's making it right now. And they put themselves in great position. Beating teams that were in wildcard contention, the Texans, Steelers, Bills, and now the Raiders... It's looking pretty good for the Chiefs, especially with the final four games left to go in the regular season. I'm Farzine Vesugian, as always. Thanks for downloading the Chiefs Zone podcast. Only one podcast this week. Got this uh, out a little bit late uh, for this week, so we're only going to have one podcast. Traditionally, we usually do two per week, uh, but but it, it won't be as long uh, as the other podcasts have been when we, when we only have one podcast. Per week, we'll recap the Raiders game. No, I'm not going to get too detailed into it. Same with the preview for the Chargers game, since we know what the Chargers are about. The Chiefs have played the Chargers once this year. There are a few things I want to point out from this Raiders game. Uh, the Chargers, like I said, uh, we know what to expect, but there are a couple of things uh, uh, that are noteworthy and need to be pointed out. Kansas City is favored to win its four remaining games, so we have to consider upset possibilities if that's going to be the case, since the Chiefs are expected to win out. As always, I love the interaction with you guys on social media. It's been a lot of fun, especially this week. Uh, even even some of the uh, negative tweets uh, that, that were coming in about the Chiefs during the game. But we all saw what happened later on. Uh, look me up on Facebook, Farzine Vesugian, and follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Give the Facebook page a like and give me a follow and interact with me throughout the week and dur- on the weekends during Chiefs games, love all the interactions, so let's keep it going and uh, continue to carry that over here on this podcast, the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Well, let's get right into it, uh, since it is a fully loaded show on one podcast this week. The Raiders, I'll say this right now, they gave the Chiefs a pretty big scare, and I feel like the Chiefs were more in trouble in this game than they were against Buffalo. And yes, Buffalo did lead the Chiefs by 10 at one point. The Raiders never had a two-possession lead on Kansas City. But the thing that really got the Chiefs in this one, the two fumbles. One from Travis Kelsey and Jeremy Macklin. The other, the Kelsey fumble hurt a lot because the Chiefs were about to strike and take a lead before halftime, only for the Raiders to get the ball and go up 14-7 to going into the locker room. So that was, uh, that, that, that kind of put a dent on Kansas City right before halftime, but the Chiefs came out really strong. The offense kept its composure. Alex Smith did not throw an interception for the ninth consecutive game, hooked up with Jeremy Macklin nine times for 95 yards, including two scores. And I mentioned the turnovers. Chiefs came into this game 14-0 in the turnover battle in the last five games. And it looks it looked like 
the Chiefs were going to struggle in this one because of the turnovers. But like I said, the Chiefs, I mean, they, they, they kept it. They kept their cool. A lot of teams, they would panic at this point. Some coaches may not even know what where to go. But Andy Reid, for the second week in a row, gets the team to turn around in the second half. Like I said, uh, Alex Smith and Jeremy Macklin, they connect pretty well. Travis Kelsey made up for his fumble when he came through with a two-point conversion uh, catching from Alex Smith to help the Chiefs uh, get a 14-point lead later on, which we'll get to. Uh, special teams was a bit iffy with the extra uh, points. Uh, you had the botch snap and then the, the miss PAT. Uh, it didn't look pretty, but the Chiefs managed to still pull through. The defense r- is really what did it. I, I'll go straight into the fourth quarter with this one because going into this one, Oakland looks like that it's about to take a two-possession lead. And it looks like we're about to hit the panic button on the sidelines for Kansas City. Oakland's fourth quarter was a complete disaster. First, and I read on ESPN's power rankings that Oakland's just been terrible in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored, and it's not even close uh, in the fourth quarter of this season. I mean, they have the worst fourth quarter statistically out of any team in the NFL this year. First drive of the fourth quarter technically started in the third quarter with a second left. But that seven-play drive ended in a Josh Manga pick. Almost went for a pick six. That was the turning point in the football game. Two plays later after the pick six, or or just a pick, pardon me. Uh, two plays later, the Chiefs do get six. Tie the game at 20. Of course, the, uh, you had that mess with the uh, snap right there. So the Chiefs were not able to take the lead. Uh, still had yet to take the lead at this point. Next drive for the Raiders. Went for six plays. That is when Marcus Peters, the man who's on pace for Defensive Rookie of the Year, he earned his fifth pick of the season of his young career. And by the way, he does lead the NFL in interception yards with 141. So not only is he just making plays with his hands, he's really making the most of it by trying to give the offense great field position. So when you lead uh, the NFL in that kind of a stat defensively, that helps the offense immensely. Just like the previous interception, it only took the Chiefs two plays to get it into the end zone. Uh, getting a touchdown there and took the lead for the first time. Uh, the Raiders on their following drive miss a field goal. And then following that, three plays into that drive, Ty Von Branch. Welcome back to Oakland. He had a game for himself. Ty Von Branch got his first interception in three years. And not only that, he scored, of course, against his former team, the Oakland Raiders, who he played for. Uh, for seven seasons, seven seasons, he sealed it right there with his pick six. He did get the pick six, by the way, and earned AFC Defensive Player of the Week honor. So very cool to see Tyvon Branch come through with that. Guys, I know a lot of people pointed out the Kelsey fumble and how the Chiefs, they didn't get the lead until the fourth quarter, and it took a fourth quarter surge. Guys, this is what football is about. This was actually fun. Think of the. I know I've made so many Kansas City Royals references because let's face it, if you're in Kansas City, you're in love with that baseball team right now. So a lot of you guys listening are Kansas City Royals fans. This postseason and the previous postseason, how many times did we see the Royals have those stressful games and come through in the end? And we all looked at one another and said, damn, that was a really good baseball game. It, I mean, sure, you, you love winning baseball games 9-0 or football games 49 nothing. That's great, but 
let's be honest, there's not a lot of excitement in that either. This was exciting. This was football right here. This was fun to watch. This is by far my favorite game. On top of that, who did you score 20 points in the fourth quarter against? The Oakland Raiders of all teams. And I said I was a little hesitant to pick the Chiefs. But of course the Chiefs came through in this one and dominated in the fourth quarter. Listen, you you go through these ups and downs. Football is not a game where you are perfect 100% of the Same with not just football, all of sports. And the Chiefs found a way to overcome adversity. Give credit to Andy Reid, the rest of the coaching staff, and the players because it's not just one person who gets it done. I mean, you've got to have everyone on the coaching staff and all 53 guys come together and say, hey, look, there's another half of football left to play. Let's go out there and win this thing because this sure is winnable. And the Chiefs found a way to dash and dart on this Oakland team at the black hole, maybe for the last time at Oakland, and you won. And there are all those funny stories about how the Raiders fans are so angry, especially after a loss against the Chiefs in their own stadium. And at the end of the day, a win is a win. Is a win especially divisional games. This was fun to watch. And sure, you can take all the negatives. The Kelsey fumble, the, the, it took the offense a little bit of time, took them too much time maybe to get going. But at the end of the day, they got that victory and now have won six straight games. By the way, the Chiefs are averaging 32.3 points per game during this winning streak. The Chiefs also sweep the AFC on the road, doing it all during this hot run. Uh, and by the way, the Chiefs hold, uh, they, they, or pardon me, held the Bills and the Raiders to six points in the second halves of each of those games in the last two weeks. So not only are, only are the Chiefs finding a way to overcome adversity, they are shutting down their opponents in the second half. And it's great to see because this is how you win football games. Great teams find a way to overcome adversity in the second half and then just completely dominate. The Chiefs are a great football team right now. And you guys know me. I'm a stats geek. I've already read a few stats. I've got even more left for you. Four games left. If the Chiefs win out, they'll finish 11-5, and five, which would be the second time it would ha- happen in three years, all under Andy Reid's guidance. Uh, if they do win out, they'll finish with a 10-game winning streak. The Chiefs have never won 10 games in franchise history. They won nine in a row in 2013 and 2003 to open up their seasons in those two years, going 9-0. and But never has this franchise won 10 straight, so it would be cool and obviously huge for momentum purposes going into the playoffs. That would be big if the Chiefs won 10 straight. Now, I I have to say, I kind of pondered the possibility of losing the regular season finale to Oakland. If the Chiefs have the five seed locked up and there's nothing, they can't go up or down, uh, then why not put the backup? Similar to what Andy Reid did in 2013. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll let the Raiders win that one. Why not? I mean, let them let them win that game. It's not like you need your starters out there. And, and Andy Reid did this in uh, 2013 against the Chargers in the regular season finale. So uh, I'd be for that if, if the Chiefs are in the same exact situation in which winning or losing would not change their seeding. The Chiefs are the first team in the NFL since 1994 to lose five straight or more and then win six consecutive 
contests. Kansas City is the fourth team in NFL history to do that. Uh, it happened in 1974 and 1970. It, like I said, the first time it happened was in 94 with the Giants. They won their first three, lost seven in a row, then won six straight to finish 9-7. and seven. No playoffs there for the Giants. The Jets, however, uh, lost to Kansas City in Week 1, beat the Bears in Week 2, then lost six straight. They won six straight to finish the season, 7-7, seven and seven, also falling short of the playoffs. The 1970 Cincinnati Bengals, they won the first game of the season uh, for them that year. They lost six straight, including one to Kansas City, won their last seven games, finishing eight and six, and made the playoffs. And keep in mind, they did have fewer games back then. They made the playoffs, but lost the first postseason game to Baltimore in a shutout, 17-0. to So looking at the history, uh, the Chiefs would be the first team, if they were to do this, to win a postseason game after losing five in a row and then winning six in a row. So it'd be huge for the Chiefs with this remarkable turnaround. It's really been tough to watch, or at least the first half of the season. Now in the second half, the Chiefs have really found a turning point and have not looked back since then. And listen, I I know a lot of people are still criticizing this team. The five-game losing streak happened. It's over. I mean, what's happened has happened. You've got to move on from this. You've, you've got to have a short-term memory in situations like this because nothing can be done about it. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans are still critical because the franchise hasn't won a postseason game in 21 years and 11 months. So essentially, it'll be 22 months come January, uh, mid to late January. But guys, we're in December right now. We're in the second week of December. The Chiefs can't change the postseason history right now. Right now, they can put themselves in position to make the playoffs so they can make a change. So I urge you guys, I said this on social media, uh, a couple fans did get upset with this, but if you're if you're still criticizing this football team, I don't know what to make of it. It's kind of hard to, to be a fan if you are criticizing a football team that is winning games and is in position to make the playoffs. And look, I know the past two years, number one seeds have made the Super Bowl. But not every year is the Super Bowl winner a number one seed or a division winner. We've seen some wild card teams come through and surprise us. The postseason is a brand new ball game. Everyone's 0-0 in the postseason. I don't care if you have a first week bye or, or what your situation is. If you play or if you have the worst record going into the postseason. I wouldn't even doubt a couple of these teams... That Like in the AFC South, maybe the winner of that division has a record of 500 and the winner in the NFC East has a record below 500. You still never know. We we saw the Seahawks win the NFC West and the Panthers win the NFC South with a 7-9 record and they both won a playoff game. So you never know. The playoff game is a whole new contest. The Chiefs, you never know at this point. They could come through... And really surprise us and continue on to this winning streak. Carry that over to the postseason. If you if you do win 10 in a row, that is huge for momentum purposes. And the national media, they're on. I mean, they are on the Chiefs bandwagon right now. Including one guy. Before I get into this, I know a lot of people don't... Well, I'll say this. People love it when the national media praises their team. If, if someone in the national media says that this team's going to go all the way, 
I, I, hey, fans are going to buy into it just because this person said it. And keep in mind, predictions are predictions. But there is one player. and With former players and coaches, they tend to favor the teams that gave them opportunities, the teams that they played for or coached for. And I, and I get it. I probably would do the same thing. I know there are a lot of uh, guys out there, color analysts, uh, who, who do it for game broadcasts, and then guys who do it on the set for ESPN, Fox Sports, wherever, and they favor uh, their former teams. And I get it. I, I, like I said, I'd probably do the same thing. But there is one player out there who did praise the Chiefs and actually went on the record to, to make a big prediction about this Kansas City team. And this guy didn't even play for the Chiefs. In fact, he played for another team in the AFC West. This is on Colin Coward's show. Long, great radio host. Long time with ESPN, now with Fox Sports Radio. Former Broncos cornerback Champ Bailey spoke to Colin Coward. Here's what he had to say about the Kansas City Chiefs. My dark horse, I it's it's Pittsburgh or Seattle. I, I'm going to go with Seattle is my Super Bowl dark horse. Who's yours? Kansas City. Uh, and the reason I say that, you look at past Super Bowl teams, they're good at the turnover margin. Great. They don't turn the ball over on offense, period. I mean, that's that's key. That's the most important stat. You can win without getting the ball from the other offense, the but you can't give the ball back. They're great at that. Alex Smith has been great, and they look they look more explosive. You see, early in the year, they didn't have all their weapons right. Eric Berry, he he was dealing with his health issues. Took him a while to come around. Sean Smith's suspension. He's a premier corner in this league. So you get those guys back, they start gelling. You see how this defense can be. They got the best pass rush, some of the best pass rushers. Terrific in the coach, game. great coach. He's been there, been the Super Bowls. So they'll they'll battle battle tested at the top, and these guys are figuring out how to win. I mean, they they look so great right now. I mean, this this is a scary team, and what they did to the Broncos is not a fluke. People want to blame it on Peyton being unhealthy. These guys are good. They're really good. And I'm sure a lot of Broncos fans were angry to hear that. Like I said, a lot of former players favor. Uh, their their old teams, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I, I've spoken to Wayne Simeon a few times, uh, former Kansas Jayhawk who did play for the Miami Heat in the NBA, didn't play very long in the NBA, but, uh, you know, he, he told me, uh, I asked him once about the Miami Heat, and and, and he would always predict the Heat to, to move on and, and do well. This was, of course, when they had LeBron James, but the one thing he admitted is that he hopes that the Heat always do well. And predicts that because they're the team that gave him an opportunity. Now, of course, if we were to have the conversation now, we'd be realistic since the Heat aren't the team that they were uh, just a couple of years ago. But the point being is, Champ Bailey, this is a guy who who was on the same team as Peyton for, for just a little bit. Two seasons to be exact. Played for the Broncos for a long time, 2004 to 2013 and gosh, I mean, you have this guy speaking out against the, uh, the Broncos, who are very likely going to win the AFC West, and looking very good with Brock Osweiler under center. The offense is looking a lot better than it than it was with Peyton Manning. So I, you, you make whatever you want out of that. You know, some some people love it; they love predictions. I'm I, I usually just tend not to make such a big deal out of these predictions because they they are just predictions, guys. 
but for a guy like Champ Bailey, he he is absolutely right. I mean, the Chiefs are not out there fluking their way through six games. I I, I hear people say this about the Panthers. You don't just get lucky and win twelve games and go twelve and zero. Six games is huge. Maybe you get lucky with one or two, three games, but six, you are doing something right if you win six consecutive games. And, you know, for those who want national attention, national praise, you're getting it. I mean, here's Champ Bailey. A lot of people in the national media, they have nothing but great things to say about Alex Smith and this Kansas City Chiefs team. So for those of you who've been wanting this national attention, you're getting it right now. The national pundits love what's happening in Kansas City. And there are reasons to feel excitement. And you can feel the exuberance from this Chiefs team just by watching them. And it'll be fun. Hopefully, knock on wood, they don't give this away and hang on to this lead. Because if this team makes it to the playoffs, look out. They remind me a lot of the 2014 Kansas City Royals where they kind of got off to a rocky start, kind of an up and down first half. And then in the second half, went on a huge surge, got a wild card spot. And next thing you know, went 8-0 and made it to the World Series. So could the Chiefs follow a similar path? I, I, I would not put it out of the question. I really do think... This Chiefs team has a lot of similarities to the 2014 Royals baseball team. Before we get to the Chiefs and Chargers matchup, we're going to go in our segment that we do each and every week. It's called Around the NFL. All right, this is really interesting. Last Friday, the NFL, uh, the players had uh, a conference call and reportedly, according to Dan Patrick, I was listening to Dan Patrick's radio show when this was going on. It had to do with player injury. And this was around 12 o'clock, 12.15 Central Standard Time. So this is usually the time teams are practicing. If it's a road team, uh, odds are this is a walkthrough that they go through uh, before they travel for their road game. So this was kind of an odd time to have a conference call with all of the NFL players. And look, when you consider how many players are in the NFL, it's hard to keep this a secret. This this got out, and the media knew about it. A lot of people wonder if it had to do with the NFL movie coming out on Christmas, Concussion. And there's been a lot of talks about concussions over the years and the league's proactivity with that and former players with settlements. Here's the thing. The NFL... The NFL usually is not scared. The NFL is top dog. You can't threaten the NFL. This movie, however, Concussion, which I'm definitely going to check out the weekend it comes out, this is this is definitely something the NFL hates. They are not thrilled that this is coming out. I mean, it's based on... not. I don't know if it's based on a true story, but, but a, it is based on... Activities that happen in the NFL when it comes to concussion protocol. That'll be interesting to see. If I'm the NFL, I, I, I wouldn't like it. Look, it's 2015. I hate to say it. There are ways to get it online. So I'm sure the NFL, someone from league office, surely has had to have seen this already. Uh, a couple former players have seen it twice. And they say it's eye-opening. We'll see. 
Raiders extend Michael Crabtree to a four-year deal worth $35 million. Of course, is AFC West news. And good for Michael Crabtree. This guy has revitalized his career. Uh, it looked like this was going to be his last chance in the NFL getting one with the Raiders. Staying in the Bay Area and kind of rubbing it in the in the 49ers who aren't doing too hot right now. So big ups to Michael Crabtree and I think the Raiders are just going to be competitive. Look, I've said this before, I'd love to see both the Raiders and the Chiefs to be dominant because that's going to mean a lot in the rivalry. And I hope this game, which of course was for a spot in the playoffs, for one of the wildcard spots I should say, this this really did revamp the rivalry a bit and I hope it continues here on out. Last topic I want to get into, Tyrod Taylor, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, might be getting a mega contract. And SpotTrack, a website that does a great job evaluating sports contracts, they're predicting that Tyrod Taylor will receive a four-year deal worth $82.7 million. For a guy to not start a single NFL game until his fifth season in the league, that's jackpot right there. Absolutely hitting the lottery. The Bills are 6-6. He's not terrific by all means. He's not bad either, but so much money is being thrown at at a guy who may not even be good in the next couple of years. He needs to prove it in a long period of time, in my opinion. Pro Football Focus ranks him 13th. Okay, fine, but gosh, it's, it's crazy how much money these quarterbacks are making. Alex Smith is 9th in quarterback salary right now making just a little more there uh, a little more than 15 and a half million to give you guys a, a perspective of, of the quarterbacks and how much they make drew Brees number one almost making 24 million philip rivers has 21.1 million matt ryan's right there at 19 and a half million then you've got aaron Rodgers, matthew stafford peyton manning is making 17 and a half million and we know how bad he's been this year ben roethlisberger is making uh 17 0.2 million, Jay Cutler at 16 and a half, and then there's Alex Smith right behind Jay Cutler, and then behind Alex Smith is Colin Kaepernick at number 10, making 15.2 million. Tony Romo, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning right there. 14th, shockingly, Tom Brady at 14 million, and then number 15, I'll stop there, Cam Newton at 13 million. So uh, there are a lot of guys that don't even make the top 15 list that are having really good seasons. Guys like uh, Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer, and then guys who have had some success in the postseason, like Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck, they're making fewer than $10 million. Now, of course, those guys are in their rookie contract, so it will change for them when it is time for those guys to get a new deal. But these quarterbacks in the NFL, they are making a lot of money. And I just don't know if Tyrod Taylor is worth $80-plus million dollars for not even, I mean, first off, get the Bills to the postseason. Then let's talk about an $84 million contract. I just think these quarterbacks get paid way too much in the NFL. Just a reminder, be sure you guys do connect with me on social media. Like my Facebook page, Farzine Vesugian, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. All right, the Chargers game, the second time these two teams will meet. Uh, we already have seen the Chargers once before. They are going to look a little bit different because they were banged up the first time. Uh, the passing offense is great. But that's literally all the San Diego Chargers have. And like I said, some of the pass catchers were banged up the first time the Chiefs and Chargers played. But 
as long as you have Phillip Rivers under center, the Chargers are a threat in the passing game, no matter what. And the Chiefs managed to shut down that Chargers team, holding them to a season low in points and yardage. The Chargers, like I said, don't have a lot going for them. Minus 8 in the turnover margin, tied 28th in the league in that category. Offense can move the ball, but they can't score. They are 25th in scoring, and they're scoring fewer than 21 points per game, which isn't very good. The defense is frail. They can't stop the pass and can't stop the run, and they're surrendering 27 points per game. You can't win in the National Football League with that defense unless your offense is number one in every single category, which is not necessarily realistic. And for the Chargers to not be be able to score... That's why they only have three wins and tie for the league's worst record right now in the NFL. Head coach Mike McCoy in his third season right now went 9-7 each of his last two years. Uh, made it into the postseason his first year and they won a game uh, in the wildcard round. Making it to the divisional round falling there. But going 9-7 your first two years and now holding on to just three wins. There is some serious discussion nationally about Mike McCoy's job security in San Diego. And this is all happening while the Chargers may leave San Diego. So crazy times for the Spanos family who run the team, owner, president, CEO. And of course, you've got to consider general manager Tom Telesco who has to make a decision on Mike McCoy. And then, of course, uh, you've got to consider some of the Logistics with this team move possibly moving to LA. So again, n- not a lot going well for this Chargers team, and of course the fan base losing so much interest, uh, especially in San Diego when the team may not even come back next season. There, uh, 2016, they may have a different home stadium. It's not looking good for the for the Chargers, and I love what's going on with the Chiefs, as do all of you listeners. Surely, Alex Smith with the turnover. Success. Uh, listen, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I predicted that Alex Smith would throw his first interception since week three of the NFL season, and I was wrong about that. So far, Alex Smith continuing his dominance. By the way, uh, I forgot to mention this note. Alex Smith needs 54 passes to pass, or pardon me, just four passes to, to pass Cleveland's Bernie Kosar. And then 54 to surpass Tom Brady and shatter the record for most consecutive passes thrown without a pick in NFL history. So, hey, why not? Uh, at this point, there, 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 there's no reason to believe that Alex Smith is going to throw a pick anytime soon, especially against this Chargers team. I read you the turnover ratio. It's minus 8 right now. Not too good. And... This Chargers team may have a hard time stopping Alex Smith and Jeremy Macklin. That connection has been red hot the past two games against the Bills and the Raiders. Two bad defenses. Here's another bad defense in the Chargers. So the Chiefs have a great chance of just continuing this offensive performance for the third week in a row. And Alex Smith has really been impressive in these last couple of games. I think these last couple of games, especially with the trouble the Chiefs have been in these past couple of games... Alex Smith has looked really good, and that is where you define greatness, and that is where you really show yourself. In situations like that, what kind of a quarterback are you going to be when your team is down by 10 or by 7? And Alex Smith has really helped this team come through. He's been a big reason why this team is back at it and have been able to form a complete 180 
in the second half of this season. Looking at the injury for the Chiefs, I, I, I really feel good about the defense going up against the Chargers. I would feel better if Justin Houston would play, but of course, uh, he's still out, not practicing with the knee injury. Might miss his second straight game. Uh, missed a lot of that uh, Buffalo game, uh, so it kind of feels like he, he'd missed three his third straight game since he missed a majority of that game where he did suffer the knee injury with that PCL sprain. Alan Bailey, though, the defensive lineman, he's been playing really well this season, and he, 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 he's been practicing this week. He had the calf injury. Seemed like he was going to play this past week against the Raiders. The Chiefs did hold him out for that game. If Bailey is there with Tom Bahali and Dontari Poe, I like Kansas City's chances even more to do damage on San Diego and do pretty much the same thing that they did the first time they played the Chargers, keeping Phillip Rivers and the rest of that offense in check. Uh, listen, if they don't score, they don't win. And you hold San Diego to three, and you went out there and just completely dominated on the offensive side and on the defensive side. Don't forget uh, Justin Houston had that interception he took back for a touchdown. Uh, the Chiefs are not only getting these turnovers, sometimes they're even scoring. As you saw with Houston against San Diego and just this past week with Tyvon Branch, Ma- Josh Maga almost did it. So this defense is really coming through and making the most. In fact, the Chiefs do lead the NFL in, in total interception. I told you Marcus Peters, he leads the N- NFL individually in interception yards return. The Chiefs, as a team, lead the NFL in that category with 333 yards, and I'm sure it helped this week with those three huge picks returned by Peters, Branch, and Maga. If the Chiefs can continue that, I, I think they're going to do just fine against this really hapless Chargers team. Uh, They move the ball very well offensively, but they just can't get into the end zone. And I think at home at Arrowhead Stadium, a a revamped fan base, uh, the fans are back in this for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard for Phillip Rivers to get things going with the offense uh, at Kansas City, at Arrowhead Stadium. So I think Kansas City is going to come through in this. If Alan Bailey's there, which I think he's going to play this time, it's going to be even harder for Phillip Rivers to get things going. So when you consider Tom Bahali and how great he's played, and Frank Zombo uh, deserves a lot of credit too, with how barely he has six snaps and two sacks against the Raiders. We didn't even mention him in the podcast, and he had a really huge game against the Raiders. D. Ford had the pressure when Derek Carr threw that pick to Josh Maga. So there are guys filling in for Justin Houston very well. And I know D. Ford, uh, there's some things that he, he needs to work on. Hasn't played a whole lot since being drafted, but he's getting there. I mean, he's making plays. He, I mean, if, he, if, that, if it's not for the pressure, the Chiefs probably don't even win that game because there might not even be that turning point play where Maga gets the interception to the uh, inside the five, basically. So hopefully the Chiefs can continue this. I see them doing so. Vegas favors the Chiefs. By 10 points. I think the Chiefs are going to go on to win by even more than that. My prediction, 31-10. to 10, Kansas City wins at Arrowhead. Winning their 7th straight game. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. I'm Farzine Vasugian. Thank you all for downloading and listening. Be sure you do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And as always, like my Facebook page, Farzine Vasugian. And follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21. Until then... Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you next week.